This is Chris Martin, and me and my buddy Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Everything, host an NBA podcast called The Mismatch. They call it The Mismatch because I'm awesome and Kevin is a gigantic nerd. No, no, that, that's not why at all, Chris. They call it The Mismatch because I have a brain and you're a loudmouth bozo. Good grief. <laughs> anyway, listen to our amazing NBA podcast, The Mismatch. Or don't. We really don't care. We're probably going to win a million awards either way. <laughs> Chris, we do care. So don't say that. Please subscribe and listen to The Mismatch only on Spotify. Did you really call me a bozo? <laughs> it's the Full Go presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most Popular parlays and same-game parlays, or SGPs as the kids like to call them, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21+. plus. 18 plus in DC and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler or visit rg help.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube. Car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Chicago everywhere. Check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go Podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. He is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. Talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah. There it is. Oh, oh do we have a... Do oh, you know lit, it, bro? Jesse you Lopez? It, bro. Oh, 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 there it is. Oh, shit. And, and don't, is, uh, don't tell anyone, but I also got these two. Oh, there you go. Oh, this man's... I'm by myself. I need to keep myself entertained some way. Look at him. Look, 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 look at him. Look at him <laughs> rationalizing the reasons why he is having that's, a good that's time. That's the only reason why I do anything. Hey, do your thing, man. <laughs> hey, listen. Listen. What I need from you fellas tonight is a constant stream whether it be in the chat or just jump in, just jump in with things to do for your summertime or the rest of your summer here in the city of Chicago. Because I'm going to tell y'all now, if y'all are going to fuck around and keep watching the White Sox every single night and not get paid to do so, God bless you. Let me tell y'all something right now. Tonight was a rare night where I don't have my son my lady is going to go out and do something on her own time. I was like, you know what? It's me and the White Sox tonight, boy. Three hours. I'm going to lock in Tigers, Javi Baez, and the boys. You got some character named Brisky starting, right? And the same game parlay is popping off. Oh, of course Jose Abreu is going to get a home run. Of course Tim Anderson is going to get two hits. Of course the White Sox are going to win. Why? Because the White Sox at some point got to start acting like they're the best goddamn team in this division. And what did I sit down and watch? First of all, a pitcher's duel, ladies and gentlemen, 
uh, and I'm sorry, I'm going to do this until it ain't it can't be done. I remember back in my day when a pitcher's duel was two hours and 25 minutes, you know, two hours and 15 minutes. You get a Greg Maddox start in there every once in a while, an hour and 45 or something like that. How the hell, how the... How the hell is a pitcher's duel take three and a half damn hours damn near, okay? So I sit here for three hours. Three hours. And and I'm done screaming and cursing about this team until next pod when I do so. But I sit here and watch this game, have myself a nice little pasta, a little baked chicken action. You know, the lady made some food for me like I was a toddler before she went out and ate her food with her cousin, and which was good because I would have sat here and ate granola or candy or something that a child would do. So I got my food. I'm watching the game. I'm, I'm locked in, right? Dylan Cease is out here doing doing Dylan Cease type things. Dylan Cease might have the best stuff in all of the American League. And A.J. Hinch thinks he's one of the best in terms of all of baseball. Man comes into the game, third and strikeouts, right? Third and strikeouts. So, okay, there it is. Young lineup with Javi Baez and some dudes. I get the chance to see Riley Green, right? Number one overall prospect in baseball. But, of course, Sox going to mash because Sox just got finished mashing. You think this team offensively, I, and, and, and I'm done having fun with it now, this is a dead-ass team. And if you want to blame Tony La Russa, fine. If you want to blame these players, fine. I don't give a damn who you want to blame, but everybody's going to catch it. Every, and there is one person, at least one person a night, that does something that you wouldn't think that they were capable of in that moment doing. And tonight, you spun the wheel and it landed on Jose Abreu. And it landed on Jose Abreu twice. Twice. Okay? You get the, the rare unassisted, what was it? Was it eight? Unassisted eight? Huh? Is, is, is that the baseball terminology for you? Where uh, a, a curveball that bounces into the glove of the Tigers catcher catches Jose Abreu in no man's land in between first and second base. Now you might say, is that Jose Abreu who's been running around with a limp as of late? Nah, not that guy depending on his speed to get him back to first base. Like what the hell are we doing here? It's a one nothing ball game. It's a one nothing ball game. It's once or twice a game where there is some base running blunder or something just absolutely white Soxian. And that's, yeah, damn it, I made up a word just now. White Soxian happens. So guess what I'm going to do? I'm here to promote you hanging out with your family and maybe just having the White Sox game on in the background from here on out for the rest of the summer until the White Sox win eight, nine in a row or 11 out of 14. I, what, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Because everybody's walking around like it's zombie land. It's not Tony's fault. It's not the player's fault. It's not Rick Khan's fault. Well, it damn sure ain't our fault for watching this bullshit. Like, yeah, yeah. It, Tim Anderson, Tim Anderson it, uh, doesn't run out of a, a drop third strike. You feel me? Luis Robert, lollygagging in center field a couple of times a couple of games ago. Like, I, there's somebody th- throughout the lineup once a night, and then there's guys who don't even get in the lineup after they hit well. Right, you know, we've seen that happen with Andrew Vaughn. We've seen that happen with Gavin Sheets, and Tony Larusa doesn't go without blame tonight either. Because when Spencer Torkelson gets announced as the pinch hitter, what do you do? You say thank you, Mister Hot Bat. We will keep it moving, or you turn him around. What did Tony choose to do? Ah, let's throw to him. Let's 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 let's, let's pitch to him. Let's see if Spencer Torkelson has it. Guess what Spencer Torkelson does? He puts on the insurance run. Exactly. That's what he did. You know why? Because it's White Sox baseball this year. Any dumb shit that can happen will happen. And it's going to happen in four hours, by the way. They're going to wait. It, it, it's not going to happen in the fifth inning. It's not going to happen. I'm sitting here in the ninth inning. My lady gets back from dinner. She comes in. I can't even really, you know, you can't really engage because you're locked into a game. If this game was a blowout, man, we would have talked about life for 20 minutes. But no, the White Sox chose to make it interesting at the end of the game. And guess what happens? Guess what happens? Your man Jose Abreu's up again at bat, and he swings at a pitch at his eyebrows to end the game. So, hey, you know, Steve, there was a moment where Steve Stone was even questioning what the hell he was doing with his life watching this baseball game. Like, what are we doing out here, man? At, 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 at what point are the White Sox just 
you just going to throw your hands up the way they have. Because I, I this, <laughs> this team makes no sense to me. And, and if it, I, I can be considered a, a more than casual baseball fan. So I need the, the real baseball people out there to explain to me what the hell they are seeing. Because something ain't right. And it's not just that they aren't hitting home runs. I, I know. I know. They haven't hit home runs this year. I got you. But the execution piece is the piece that I can't put my finger on. There's sacrifice bunting going on. You feel me? Like, you, you, you get one hit, and then all of a sudden you want to bunt? Wait a minute. Hold on. The Tigers have told you you're going to get the minimal outs tonight. <laughs> you, you're not, you're not going to mess around to have 40 at-bats tonight. You, you, y'all going gonna to mess around and have your, your good 33 at-bats and sit your ass down. What are we doing out here? Larry Garcia is going up there to hit when when Sevi Savala if, if he's on the if he's on the team throw him out there to pitch hits. Like what are we doing? I I know that there are explanations that are probably going to come about at the end of the year, maybe if, you know next year, maybe in the off season. But man, like if this is it, if if the players are listless. And and don't really give a damn. They need a jump start because the, the baseball manager ain't doing it. If the manager isn't pressing the right buttons in times where the, this thing is a one-run game or it's a close game, like how many times have I sat here and thought that the 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 specter of Tony Larusa was going to magically change some kind of outcome that you knew was eventually coming? I'm tired of coming on here and complaining about the same shit every night. You know, it, a, a, a bad baseball season is easy to turn off. Shout out to the Cubs. But an average baseball season, a below average, that is, that is slow torture. Slow torture. We're going to mess around and watch this thing and go to the 79-win flavor category that it's going to end up in and sit there and be like, hey, uh, did, we just do, did, did we just watch this whole thing? Kind of, it wasn't even a sinking ship. It was just a, a ship with a big-ass hole in it that everybody on the boat could replace once a week. That's all it is. Like, I don't know what else to say, man. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Jay, uh, you know what's funny? They did all of this originally because they were middling. They were always reach for James Shields is the most famous one. Where it's like, oh, oh well. we just get that one move. We'll, we'll be in it, you know? And Meanwhile, Fernando to, Tatis is out here. Right. <laughs> Fernando Tatis. <laughs> right. So for them to do all this, the whole rebuild, get the fans hyped up for all the talent that they acquired, they spent more than they've ever spent as a, as a franchise just to get back to being middling. Yeah. Just to yeah. get back to where they tried to get away from. That's the most frustrating part is you did all of this over seasons Telling the fans, it's coming, it's coming. Yeah. Had White Sox fans like myself telling people that 2020, don't, you need to talk your shit now, but when 2020 mm-hmm. rolls around, this thing gets in the gear, then I want to hear you chirp. And 2020 came, and it went, and so did 2021, and then the window closed, apparently. Uh, I mean, we ain't supposed to ride that kind of roller coaster. You know, it's, it, it's not a game-to-game referendum. Baseball is not built like that. But you know it when you feel it, Right. You know when you've taken the job that you probably didn't want to take, but you're like, all right, I'm going I'm to ride this thing out until I can't take it no more. Whether that be in relationships or in life, you know what it feels like when it ain't right. But you also know what it feels like when it's like, ah, right, this ain't going to never be right. This season, it feels like the season that is not going to be right throughout the year. And and I've talked about this since I was a kid and tried to explain it to, to myself and had it, have it explained to me then. But baseball is in the weird place, and it always has been since I've been watching it as a kid, where you have a certain amount of games to either say we don't give a shit about this season or we do care about this season. And that is the trade deadline. The trade deadline every single year is a referendum on what you did since the offseason. That's it. And now you have to tell your fans, because stand pat during the trade deadline and see what happened to you. Tell people about continuity. This ain't basketball. This, this ain't football, right? Baseball asks you at a certain time every year, looking at my watch, it's about that time to find out, did y'all do a good job or not? 
<laughs> and if the White Sox come up to what, what, what what's the trade deadline day? What, what day is that? If, if, if you can pull that up for me. What's the trade deadline? If the White Sox can pull up to the Major League Baseball trade deadline and say to themselves, August 2nd. August 2nd. Oh, wait. So we got less than a month. If in three weeks you can tell me that this team is going to do something demonstrably different enough to say we should add, then damn it, I whatever is going to happen between now and three weeks from now, boy, they need to bottle it. Because the 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 listlessness, the um, the apathy that is going to set in, and probably already has set in for a lot of Sox fans in this city. I, this is not the meal they promised. This is not it. And and when you told people to shut their ass up, talking about second base and right field in the offseason because this is the mm-hmm. team we're going to roll out, well, guess what? This is what happens. This is what happens when you stand on the, hey, we got what we got, and we we got what we need. We'll win this division kind of attitude that they came into the season about. And I was sitting there like, hey, you know what? I'm going to listen to the baseball folks. <laughs> they telling me to shut the hell up, even though I know that they- – you can't steal first, and that's what they got a lot of at second base. <laughs> they got a lot of you can't steal first dudes. <laughs> I don't care how fast, how much pep in your step you have, how, how much you want to high step, you can't high step your ass out of that back, batter's box to first base. You got to actually hit or walk to get to first base. The A.J. Pollock deal, they swung at the beginning of the season. I'm like, okay, all right, well, you know, this is this this will this will do. Right. Regardless, it's working out better for the Sox than it is for the Dodgers. Well, of course. Well, I mean, the, the Dodgers thing is a whole, whole different other thing, boy. Freddie Freeman out here, just, just Freddie Freeman. Keep, you know, what Freddie Freeman's season has been. It, it, his, uh, his current team keep going into his phone and finding out that he keep talking to his old team. That, that's that's that the Atlanta Tell me why. Braves. I always had a feeling when they resigned when they signed him. I was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Something well, fell off. Uh, apparently, apparently, he came to the Braves. Well, his agents came to the Braves with a, "Hey, this is this is what we got. Y'all got two minutes to figure it out." <laughs> and the Braves is like, "Hey, that's a minute and thirty seconds longer than we need." <laughs> Peace. <laughs> like you got to be careful. Leverage is great, but you better make sure that you want to be with that next move. You know, Freddie Freeman got forced to to go move in with his side hustle <laughs> and found out she ain't got no cable. <laughs> you know, the, the Freddie Freeman thing is, is super confusing. He's from California. Yeah, it don't matter, man. Like, what is it? What part of Atlanta that he loves so uh, much? Tony, Tony's about to ask some really good questions right now, boy. And I'm not going to have the answers for you because I, I want to stay safe. <laughs> but, but, but ask that question again, Tony, about what part of Atlanta or what about Atlanta makes him want to, you know, get right back there as soon as he possibly can. I had that man crying. And crying. Like, Tony, what, what part of Atlanta... Tony, yeah, he loves so much. I can tell you the part. Consi- considering he, I, I'm assuming he's a I, traditional red-ass baseball it, guy. <laughs> it don't matter. It don't matter what color your ass is. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a corresponding color in, in Atlanta for you. <laughs> Let me stop. Let me stop. Because Freddie happily married, got a great family. Let me stop bullshitting. But that's how rumors get started. <laughs> but, but you know what I'm saying. Atlanta's a great town. Atlanta's a great, great city. Okay, no matter if you're a red ass, brown ass, a black ass, a white ass, it's, a, it's an amazing city. It's in a great town. Right. A lot of ass. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> some some uh, local economy stimulating opportunities that that there that present themselves. And now I'm just gonna stop talking about it. To be honest with you, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna move on. And uh, we hope you enjoy whatever else we have on this pod for the foreseeable future. Now it's time to break, and I'm going to stop using words. And right now, in this moment. Time for some commercials. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, 
file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hogs Talk with Jason Goff on the full goal. Brought to you by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Uh, Speaking of loving them, Evan Moore, ladies and gentlemen, is one of my favorite dudes in the city. Uh, He's a cat that pulls no punches, isn't scared to tell it like it is, and he's an author, right? He's a co-author. Game misconduct. Game misconduct. Detailing the the toxic environment uh, and what can be done about it in the sport of hockey. Make sure you go out there and check it out. Of course, it's on Amazon. Uh, you know, he sent me one and then I had to buy one. So I got two of his books in my career, one upstairs, one downstairs in case I'm in a, you know, in a lazy mood. He is Evan F. Moore. He joins us here on the Full Go Podcast. Evan, uh, seems like the Blackhawks going to need the brothers back here soon because boy, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> oh, wow. Today, man, I'm just like, I'm just watching everything like, wow, they really was like, just giving everything away, man. Preston Kane probably sitting in the crib right now. Like, hey, uh, Kyle, uh, I, I think I'm good. Let's be honest. <laughs> 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 like, like, like you move into your new dorm. Like, ah, oh, this ain't going to work. This is, uh, there's nowhere to put my, 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 my black light. There's nowhere for my TV to go. There's no storage space. And, uh, everybody on this team is seven years old. How I looked at their draft. They're drafting in the tens, and damn near every first round pick that they've drafted in the tens, leading up to the twenties that we're in now, which is crazy and weird to say. But at, like, at least, like, there's only like two or three that stayed with the team the last decade. So, have we not been keeping track, or is that what happens when your core starts to get older and it's a steep drop off? Because the the rolling rebuild is what you should have, where you're cementing. You know, your foundation and, and supplementing it with younger players. But you look at the way they've drafted over the last six, seven years and how many of those picks just either aren't here or are underwhelming. This this night, I guess, was inevitable, right? Yeah, it even goes back to when right before they started winning, when they let go of Dale Talon because the salary cap stuff. And you saw when that team won, what they had to, they had to get rid of uh, budding star Dustin Bufflin and and solid players like Andrew Ladd and, and Ben Eager and, and Nick Letty in the board. Yeah. Yeah. All those guys. Like, yeah, it's like it's it's crazy to really, really think about it. Like just to see all these players just come and go and just to see like the last draft pick I think I saw maybe like 20, 30 minutes ago, man, like Buddy's a super prospect. Like, you know, like it's he's still in high school, so we might not even see him for a minute. So it's, uh, it's that and like this fans is going crazy online how they had they got rid of Brinkett and Doc and and then like traded for a, a goalie they, 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 they kind of really needed so it's like the night it was like ebb and flow it started off like doom and gloom if you looked at Twitter and then now you just kind of like well these are some things you got to do when you have a team that's not going to be very good for a while. And the cal- the caliber of player Kane and Tazar, like I'm not, I wouldn't stick around either. I mean, we'll see what you can get for for players who are on the other side of their other prime. I mean, what you can't probably get the most you can get is maybe a pack of squares, a wild <laughs> wild wind, wildwood uh, cam pop, and maybe some, you know, like some heralds or something. But I don't know, man. It's just uh, uh, they got you know, overall. I mean, I'm not. I'm cool with it, what they're doing. I mean, but it's, it's going to be a minute. It's going to be back to those days where, you know, like you go, you can get a ticket on stuff up right before the game for like five bucks. Like yeah. That bad, but yeah. everybody can go to a game now. See? <laughs> yeah. The, the Davidson and Richardson era begins without some of the familiar faces. And, and you just mentioned Kane and Taves and what their future may be. Uh, I remember when both of those gentlemen were drafted and I actually was doing a, uh, a remote at Connie's Pizza over there on Archer. Uh, and it was the night that I believe it was a Kane. Taze had already been drafted, so it was Kane that was drafted. And I talked to our guy, Jay Zawoski, and that was his actually first time on the air. Uh, and we talked about it and what the 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 new generation was getting forward to look, uh, you know, uh, getting, getting ready to look forward to. And you have a decade plus of finals trips and cup wins 
um, all the things that that happened over at Soldier's Field in terms of the parade. Like I got a chance to to uh, work two two of those parades uh, during my time at the score, and it was just there. There was a a, a renaissance to, uh, of of Blackhawks pride, right? Then, but throughout that, there was this underlying current of what was going on with the team and you, you find out all the things that it, you know happened with the the assistant trainer and 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 of recent scandal uh you know all the things that Patrick Kane was was uh engaging in or going through at the time um this 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 last decade how do you think it'll be written in terms of zooming out and 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 watching you know or or historically uh documenting what this run was and what it meant not only to the city, but for this franchise, the ups and the downs, right? The John McDonough hiring and then John McDonough stepping down, like the entire tenure and how Chicago Blackhawk hockey changed uh, in this last decade and a half. It's a lot, bro. I mean, it's, you think of that ABC line and how bad they were. And like, you go to <laughs> black, you go to, uh, you go to games and say they're playing like, I don't know, someone like the Red Wings and be more Red Wings fans at UC than Blackhawks fans. And then at one point, I think ESPN Magazine rated them on the worst ran franchise in all of professional sports. Mm-hmm. And you go from that to see everything with the Cup and remember that team. Like, yeah, that, I think pretty much that team kind of brought the city together at some point, you know, like for briefly because you saw, I remember like uh, seeing like his Blackhawk jersey a certain part of the city that hadn't seen in years <laughs> and no matter where you are where you go you know like everybody likes the winner and that brought some fans along with and whenever they do that espn uh 30 for 30 about about the blackhawks man it's gonna be crazy because like there's so much content like this to even you look back at the, the stanley cup teams and knowing what happened the reading rap report and what players and management and other folks were saying, like, after the fact, you're just like, man, like, it just, you just kind of look at it, you know, just differently. And and it's definitely one of those, that team and those players, definitely a challenge for fandom. We've seen Jay talk about it, seen other folks, and knowing that these folks, you know, it's, they always say, you know, like, you probably shouldn't, you know, meet your heroes, but it's like, <laughs> you see... What happens and who these, some of these folks really are, you just kind of like, I don't know. <laughs> like, it's just, just real crazy just to see what Taze was saying, like, right after, you know, uh, it was revealed that uh, Kyle Beast was, you know, the player that was assaulted and what he was saying. And you're just like, if you're going to be the captain when things are good, you got to be the captain when things are, are not so good. And if he, if he, Duncan Keith, and Brent Seabrook and other veterans would have stepped up and, and told the team, like, hey, cut the shit, like, lay the fuck off or something. Like, they mm-hmm. would all follow suit. Like, that's kind of how that goes in, in sports and locker rooms. And, you know, when you see, like, intense bullying, like, you know, if you, if you, you see it and you know it's wrong, but you're not one of the main guys on the team, you're going to be like, damn, like, it's fucked up. It ain't got nothing to do with me. But at the same time, you're like, yo, you probably just said something, too. Right. Right. No, it's um it, there's going to be a lot of digging and a lot of um I this thing isn't done being talked about yet, right? It, it, and it only happens once um eras or um generations are over. And this generation of Blackhawk hockey brought a lot of winning, but there's also a lot of other stuff that goes along with it. Speaking of the other stuff, uh I mentioned game misconduct, hockey's toxic culture and how to fix it. Uh, one of the authors, Evan F. Moore, joining us here on the Fogo podcast. So I see Mike Greer and Mike Greer being hired as general manager and being the first African-American general manager. Um, you know, I came up in the, the days where, you know, you watch Anson Carter, you watch Mike Greer, you, you watched a lot and, and you knew who the black hockey players were. Right. And, I also grew up watching, you know, those Chicago Blackhawks, right? I got, you know, Steve Larmer and Michelle Goulet and Jeremy Roenick and, you know, all those guys, and you know, Chelios and Steve Smith. Hell, Dirk Graham. I, I met Dirk Graham the other day for the first time. I was like, hey, this is the dude I actually watched as a kid, like, or when I could watch when, <laughs> when the games were all on television, uh, but listen yeah. to your games more so than not. And, and the, the culture of hockey 
for so long, and Tony and I were talking about it before you jumped on, the culture in, of hockey in this Blackhawks team, you know, is kind of like a microcosm of it. Um, people don't cover hockey the same way they cover other sports. You know, there isn't the diversity in hockey coverage. There isn't... Um, the outsiders, so to speak, that cover hockey, where you have people who aren't basketball fans, who aren't baseball fans, who aren't football fans cover those sports because one, that's where the assignment leads them. And two, you know how to, to sniff out the story no matter where you're at. And that, um, that lack of diversity in coverage probably allowed for hockey to hockey itself away for generation after generation after generation. Then when you start to take a look at some of these stories and people start to actually talk to other people and talk about their experiences, uh, whether it be in junior hockey and some of the scandals we've seen there or professional hockey, um, that culture, you know, from where it might have been the beginning of peeling back that onion or those layers uh, of what hockey is at its core. And now where we see Mike Greer being hired, um, the, the how to fix it part. Is it being fixed and what more needs to be fixed in the culture of hockey? Yeah, uh, hockey culture is a uh, it's a prolific content creator of fuck shit, if I'm going to be completely honest. <laughs> and, like, and a lot of uh, like stuff you've seen, like, we donated a whole chapter to some of this in terms of how journalists co- cover hockey players, how they're written about, how they're talked about, and, and even go to the part where it's like you see in the NFL with with uh, black quarterbacks, how they're written about and how they're described. And the same thing happened to hockey with the center position. And me and Tony got a background in, and I tried to tell him about the center position. And he said, is it like Shaq? I was like, nah, not really. But, you know, um, <laughs> and, uh, we said that in the game, but our first unofficial brother for hockey was, man, yeah. And like, Shut uh, up. So, <laughs> yeah, like um, it's the player that's, that's supposed to be the smartest player on the ice. And, no, more often than not, you know, when you hear a black hockey player, when they say, yeah, no hockey's fans, man, he basically call them dumb. And it's like, really, are we still doing this? And like, um, but yeah, to answer your question, I mean, it's, but my career, I mean, it's, it's a great thing. I'm not take I'm not going to like take away from that because he, it wasn't like they gave it to him because like they're trying to do something, the Sharks or Danny Taylor trying to do something cool. This, this brother is, is steeped in the sport as a player, as a scout, as an mm-hmm. assistant coach. So that next step up for him is being a general manager. It's great, it, it's great that that's happening, but also at the same time, you just kind of like, you know, why did it you know, take so long? Like, he not, he's not the only one out there. There's so many people, like, whether it's players, coaches, fans, there's all these different people who are involved in the sport. And mm-hmm. had hockey has this, it's a gatekeeper, gate, I'm sorry, gatekeeper aspect where those people, whether they're fans, parents, journalists, hockey administrator, they they feel like nothing is wrong and they want to keep things the same. And I always tell people, man, with this book, man, we talk to people in all those aforementioned groups and they all, to a person, said the same thing. Like, we, we turned on our manuscript uh, in December of 2020 I'm sorry, 2021. I'm sorry, my bad, 2020. And, you know, like all this stuff has happened in hockey since then and it's still happening. And you're just like, what more do y'all need? Like the, even Batman Tonight was like, uh, it says there's no issues in the hockey culture. Like, really? Like, what do you, why must they paying you to say this? Like, come on, man. Like it's, when you have all these people saying all this stuff, there's a reason there's a hockey diversity alliance and they're coming out there. You talked about the blackouts earlier, you know, about some of the stuff going on. One of the main one of the current things that people forget about was a former second round draft of Akeem Alou. And that happened in the minor leagues or in the Blackhawks watch. He was literally listening to a little Wayne song got that confirmed from two like several different people when the Colts went off and got all Marquette Park on us and stuff. So, you know, and it was got them in. And all these issues, just, it, just, it just keeps happening. But we shouldn't take our eye off, you know, like there's still a lot of good things that people are doing in the sport that are, you know, combating this. But you also have some folks who are like, we don't want to talk about that. Let's move on. But if anybody knows anything about therapy or intervention, you have to talk about the past. You have to talk about how to make people feel. Like when we were reaching out to folks about, their stories in the book, we had to turn folks away because there's so damn many. 
<laughs> like it's, I mean, you're trying to tell us like, all these people are wrong. Like it, that's they're not going, and it's uh, and you know, like for people who say like you know, like oh, you're picking on hockey or whatever. Like I love hockey, so I'm gonna talk about it, and you know, like <laughs> I mean, it take long for me. Us, me and Jaffe, to find these folks to talk about this. Right. They were very willing and able, so that kind of tells you right there what, what, what time it is. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff after a word from our sponsors. Spring is here, and you can now get almost anything you need for your sunny days delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a well-groomed lawn delivered, but you can get a chicken parmesan delivered. A cabana? That's a no. But a banana? That's a yes. A nice tan? Sorry. Nope. But a box fan? Happily yes. A day of sunshine? No. A box of fine wines? Yes. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This is Seth Jones, and you're listening to the Full Goal Podcast with Jason Goff. The thing that sticks out to me is the natural resources for and of hockey. Um, When it comes to football, when it comes to basketball, when it comes to baseball, you know, and we're seeing now in baseball where the the Latin player, it, you know, is going to become the majority in baseball at some point, and that that is uh, a step that, you know, I, I think is is one that people who watch baseball, the talent is obviously um, overwhelming that you can pick from anywhere in, on, on the globe and make baseball go. But, you know, the, the black participation in baseball, when people talk about that, I, I look at the 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 Afro Latinos, right? And I say to myself, you know, if you got a bunch of Dominican brothers running around out there, or you've got a bunch of Cuban brothers or Venezuelan brothers out there, you know, though that counts in terms of the the minority participation in the sport. When it comes to hockey, uh, when we're talking about diversity and inclusion and all these other things, um, do they need, you know, the black fan? Do they need the black hockey player? Baseball, I think, needs the the non-white baseball player obviously you know football and basketball need that because though you know you're talking about the um just the the fabric of the game does hockey need the inclusion or is it something that we all want and want to see because we want to see representation so much but does it does it truly need it to thrive Oh, that's a good question. I think it does. I mean, like we've seen how things have gotten have been this far when we've been shut out in some way, shape, or form. I mean, mm-hmm. like, like I go back to when I uh, think about Mike Greer and representation. Like the first black hockey player I saw was in uh, Reading Jet as a kid, and I saw Tony McKegney when he got traded to the Blackhawks. I mean, that was one of the last teams he played for, mm-hmm. and that was kind of like the in my mind as a kid, legitimized the sport. We I saw someone that kind of looked like me, you know, thriving in, in the sport. But there's a long history of us being there. Like Oh yeah, uh, Willie O'Ree and the boys back in the day. Oh yeah, yeah. Al, Al James and and Angela James and like even going back to the color hockey league, a lot of things you see in the sport today were stuff that black uh players revolutionized, like the slap shot and the uh and the uh, butterfly uh go- style of goaltending where you're trapping the puck. And going back to that, and this, I, I think of what Jesus and Merrill said a couple months ago when the Rangers were in this, when the Stanley Cup playoffs, and then they were talking about the Rangers, and uh, Merrill said, I go where I want it. It was like a real super awkward moment, and you understood it because that's what a lot of folks feel like who aren't from traditional hockey uh, communities, that's how they look at it. And it's a thing where, like, I, they, like, like most black folks I know, you know, they'll be like, I like hockey, but, and the mm-hmm. but is all the things that, you know, we've been discussing and we've been 
stigma over time. And I think hockey at some point has to have that, that real talk that the NBA had in the 80s when they started to see where their fandom and where their players and what they're influenced by were, were going. And the NBA, look, look decades later, NBA is, you know, good for it. Not to say they're like, you know, super liberal and we still have this little whole gang of issues, but it is, they somehow someone made a decision like, look, we might have to lean into a new type of, of fandom. We may have to leave a couple of folks behind. We want you to stay, but, you know, but... Yeah, you gonna go. Yeah. <laughs> you know why you going? <laughs> like, yeah. So, yeah. You know, so there's a trillion dollars of spending power out there, <laughs> and they're all brand loyal. Watch and see. <laughs> like that, that's what the NBA pretty much did and said. I mean, and, and and when you talk about buying power in the economy these days, I mean, you look at these subsets and the demographics of which you want to sell to. Um, I I still I I still marvel at you know you don't see hockey placements in terms of players, products, whatever the case may be, outside of the product, right? You have to be watching hockey to see hockey players in the McDonald's commercials or the Subway commercials. You know, it's, 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 so, like, it's so interesting to me that an entire sport w- full of stories and characters, right, that just like any other league, has done such a great job and making sure you don't know enough about the the the, the principal characters and the story. To, like I knew Austin Matthews was going to be the shit because he was number one draft pick, and the, the the process leading up to the draft was like, oh no, no, this is the guy. I know that Austin Matthews is the shit currently in the NHL. I know that Austin Matthews is an award winning player. I could not tell you a thing about Austin Matthews nor identify him if you walked into a room right now. You know, so it's like, at what point do you drop off the the ardent, strident hockey fan and then pick up the casual fan without dropping the other one off too much so making it feel like we're not going to come back and get you? And then it comes to the inclusion part of it is, you know, do you still want to live on the block if people are moving into it? Right. You know, it's, you see with like P.K. Subban, it's like, even with him, like he's someone who, very political in what he says in terms of like saying saying things but not saying things and and this is someone who's done everything possible like had a had a uh a wit donated some money to a, a hospital in montreal and, and when he was in nashville got the got neighborhood kids together were cops he was doing all, all the stuff and like still they were still talking shit about him and it's like you know what you got to do and and I do realize, you know, some players are kind of like, you know, I'm not really trying to, like, be that person or that guy or whatever. And, I mean, locally, I know we're in the middle of a pandemic and everything's going on, but it would be great if Seth Jones and, and Brother Caleb was, you know, was at some type of event talking to kids. There's one thing to send, like, your staff, that's fine, and you know, but we don't really know them. But, you know, like, it's, it'd be great to see you know, some of those uh, players and, and them had some people, not only because they looked apart, they had to be from the community and, and know the community. Mm-hmm. And I've seen, I mean, I talked to a lot of people over time about this and they they love the sport. It just, they, they don't feel connected to it on like a grassroots level like you do basketball. Like, we know all the people here locally that's from the crib that, that who, I mean, they're, they were revered no matter where they go. Right. And as Conor McDavid was walking down 67 dressed Jeffrey, <laughs> I'd be the only person I don't know. And I, I even still, I had to do a double take. Let me do it. You know, David, you know, but. Like, can you, know, you like, believe like, they sent this <laughs> undercover still, you know, over here saying, dressed up as Conor McDavid? Yep, I do. Thinking like, yeah, it's one time, man. Like, hey, they ain't want to prolific goal score. <laughs> you a fool. But, but yeah, man, that's kind of what that is. Even like the Chicago Fire, they have a they have a mural on <laughs> they have a mural on semi like on semi fifth street of a black uh soccer player in their in their kit. Like just imagine Black Hawks did something like that. That would that would be like, yo, like cause in the black community, like in the stateside, like with the first time we kind of really saw hockey was from the red fields we looked at. Like, I mean, come on, Pac in the, in the red wing jersey and like Smith and Wesson wearing a black hawk jersey. And recently you got, you know, you know, got West Side Gun and then Conway wearing Sabre jerseys. Like, I can't believe none of them picked up on that yet. Like, this, 
this is in this is Patrick King's own town. Like nobody didn't want to put that together and be like, yo, we should <laughs> Right. We make should, it happen. Like, you know, blend it. Yeah, they could make that happen if they wanted to, man. Like it's but we'll just I mean, it's still it's still a process and we'll see where it goes and like but they had to realize that like when you take in a non-traditional fan base, you have to like look into the things that they're into and what they want to see. And the thing that may, may mean nothing to you may be something that's scary or frightening to them. And until they, you know, truly figure that out and realize we may have to let some of our traditional folks uh, go by the wayside and we'll continue to have all these issues. Well, I will continue my yearly pilgrimage to the United Center while I introduced uh, new fans to the sport of hockey. This last year, I, I took my son, and he was amazed at everything that was going on. And, I saw that, yeah. Uh, yeah, how, how awesome the experience was. And uh, I will continue to take the brothers and the sisters and anybody else who wants to go along with me uh, to go check out some hockey. Evan, uh, wh- what you got cooking up here, man? Because you are... You are one of the, the better writers this city has to offer. You, you write on everything from political stuff to uh, music stuff. Um, uh, you, of course, sports with the background, and and of course, hockey being uh, you know your, your, your sweet spot. What, what do you uh, what, what you got cooking up here that the people could check out here soon? Oh, anything that's soon, like man, uh, I'm not gonna be in the uh, the uh, Black Ice documentary for, uh, you know, it's going to be, I think it's going to be on TSN in the fall. Like it's with uh, Drake and LeBron's company, Spring Hill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to be in that with a bunch of people. And you know, I was talking about some of the things that we discussed and it was pretty cool when they reached out to me. I didn't really have any uh, uh, contact with Drake or LeBron or Maverick or any of those folks, but it was, it was pretty cool to get flued out. I, I, have, to, I have to say <laughs> that. Like this. <laughs> like it's simple like flying the, I was just literally was there for like less than 24 hours I flew from O'Hare got in pretty late slept a couple hours did some filming a couple hours later flew back out and back, back in the crib and yeah yeah and so it's that and also um, next month um, actually this month it's a documentary called uh, Dream Chaser which is uh, which is film which is um, produced by a uh, former um, day school Roosevelt University classmate by Aaron Lee who recently uh, actually passed away oh, and it was a documentary about one of his high school teammates who um, who uh, he was trying to make the NBA at all these trials and tribulations but he ended up bouncing around Europe and all these different com- uh, countries and playing playing the game and that's something that I think people don't realize like that because you know make the NBA doesn't necessarily mean you can have a long like pro career that you can play in so many different countries and, you know, the reason I came in a documentary, you know, because here we also talking about some of the stuff that goes on in the city in terms of violence and and uh, other uh, issues. And that documentary, that's the last time I checked, it's supposed to be on the Marquee Network this month at some point. Okay. So that's dope. That'll be pretty dope to see, man. But, yeah, man, in terms of writing, I got some uh, book proposals that's out here. And we'll hear, I guess, about that soon. So we'll just keep this uh it's a thing going. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Game misconduct, hockey's toxic culture, and how to fix it. One of the authors, Evan F. Moore, joining us here. Evan, I've always been a big fan, will continue to be a big fan. You you, you push the limit and the boundaries, and you make it uncomfortable for the people that are supposed to be uncomfortable in this thing. So keep up the good work, my man, and uh, keep keep blessing us with the gift that you have to write, brother. I truly appreciate your time. I appreciate you been uh, seeing your uh, movement too, man. It's a uh, honor to kind of watch it and watch everybody that's that's uh, you know rooting for you. And you may yeah. not know them personally, but you know when you when things happen for you, good thing like it, they they kind of long ride too. So I really appreciate you uh, having me on. My man, Evan, I, I truly, truly appreciate you, man. To give my best to the family, and I will uh, hopefully see you before this summer wraps up, my man. Oh, yeah, they're going to probably run into each other at maybe, uh, what, 
Silver Room Block Club party or or something or some event. You know, I'm we'll, I'm gonna try to make it out. <laughs> I'm gonna try. I, I don't I don't move around the way I used to. And it truly is. You know, you leave the house outside costs a hundred dollars. Like I I'm Snap. trying to I'm trying to make different moves with my life. And 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 I've got a uh, a fiance and a five year old who make sure that I make those different moves. So I'll try to get out to Silver Room. I think we might be out of town. Uh, we're gonna be out of town the 14th through the 20th. So Silver Room's 16th, 17th, I think. Yeah, it's at the same time, but you know yeah. we yeah. contact, yeah. so yeah, yeah. you already know. You already know. I, I see you around the way, my man. Thank you once again, brother. I truly appreciate you. Appreciate it. Thanks, y'all. Appreciate it. Evan Moore, right here on the Full Go Podcast. It's the Full Go. That's all the time we have for episode 122 of the Full Go Podcast with Jason Goff, brought to you by. The Ringer, and of course, Spotify is the gang. We'd like to thank our guest, Evan F. Moore, ladies and gentlemen, a terrific writer here in the city of Chicago, covers everything. And when I say everything, I mean everything. Also, of course, you know the, the book, Game Misconduct, Hockey's Toxic Culture and How to Fix It. Make sure you jump on Amazon or wherever you get your books and, and go cop that joint. So thank you to Evan Moore, as always. Appreciate you, man. Uh, to our production staff, of course, the shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti. I don't even know if Steve Cerruti still wants to be a part of this thing. I haven't seen him in so, so very long, uh, but we throw his name out there just because, you know, we, we still pay respects. And then uh, the act of Jesse Lopez and, of course, my main man, Tony Gill, for the crew, for the crew. We tell you this all the time, and I'm definitely directing this to my man, Jesse Lopez, because he is out in Vegas, so he really needs to hear these words. Hey, (laughs) y'all, take care of each other. And that's for anybody in the Las Vegas area, because my man, Jesse, is lit lit right now, and I'm looking forward to seeing what happens by Sunday. So take care of each other, all right? And, And just like Jesse will be over these next couple of days, hey, be safe. Until the next time we talk to y'all on episode 123. And next 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 week, we got something special. I would say next week, Sunday, we got something special for you. We have a conversation with Iman and Ari Shumpert. All right? We got a podcast dropping, and you will want to hear what Iman Shumpert is made of, what he's all about, what his brother has had to see and go through next to him side by side. And... Uh, what his plans are for the future. It's, uh, it's some interesting stuff going on in those two fellas' lives. So make sure you, you are here on Sunday for that. As always, like I said, take care of each other and be safe. We'll talk to you soon.